Hello everybody, Ben Rogers here, the Raptors Digest, reacting to the Toronto Raptors signing small forward DeAndre Bembry to a, to a contract this offseason. Riker, I think we gotta address it first. We have a, a new setup for the, the Raptors Digest podcast. And this is super exciting. It's gonna get very clean as you guys watch this with the way that Ben has done some coding magic, done some GIF overlays, and <laughs> this is exciting. This is this is the fresh retooling of the Raptors Digest. We got the website, so definitely check out raptorsdigest.ca and now this new format video. So let us know what you think about it. And also, before we get talking about DeAndre Bembry and an abysmal 23% effective shooting rate from the three, uh, I just need to plug that, my disappointment with that right away. Um, <laughs> Yo, he's I, good. I made he's mention... Good. We'll, we'll break it down. But I made mention of my Movember efforts. That's the reason for this dirty stash, Ben. And we're close to the end of November now. I had a modest goal of $200. And I sent it out to the fan base. And you guys, incredible support. I'm, I'm $30 away now from 500 bucks. So if you guys, if there's anybody left that wants to send a couple dollars to my Movember account, we have it linked in the description. But I just want to shout out to everybody that donated. Uh, we got Lucas Peterson Brown, Keegan Richards, an anonymous supporter that's mysterious ethan pitcher huge donation 100 dollars um nathaniel johnson matthew hickey james fralick roji gangatharan i definitely did not pronounce that right so i apologize and a couple more alex g meredith kufor marcos segovia m coombs and samuel Hare. and i know samuel Hare is an og in our instagram messages so ben let's let's talk about deandre bembry Word. Yeah, so shout out to all you guys. Awesome sort of program, awesome campaign Rikers had. So you guys are the best, but we're, we're, we're deep in this video. DeAndre Bembry, he's a guy, he's an energy player. He comes off the bench. He can sort of be a little bit of a spark for the Toronto Raptors in the same vein that Rondé Hollis-Jefferson was. Uh, he's currently 6'5", 210, so a bigger sort of not super tall, but a bigger wing athletic guy. He averaged uh, six, points per, or six points per game last year, four rebounds, one assist, and you know, you brought it up, not the greatest of shooters over the course of his career, shot about 23% from the three-point line this this past season, and 54% from the free throw line. So those are those are numbers that are that jump off the page. They're a bit, you know, off-putting when you look at a guy that's supposed to be your wing, supposed to be your shooting guard. But you look at how a guy like Rondé Hollis Jefferson performed last season, and he obviously had his moments with the Toronto Raptors. Do you think Bembry can sort of have those moments, or do you think the shooting, especially as a wing guy, will be a bit tougher to, to really crack the rotation? It'll be very difficult to get playing time if you don't have the ability to shoot the three, Ben. That's just a fact, and we know this because we talk about it all the time. And that's why we were so excited about bringing in Aaron Baines, about bringing back Fred Van Vliet, re-signing Chris Boucher, and the promise that he might have in a breakout season is because all these guys have the ability to stretch the floor. And so the my biggest issue with Bembry is not that he is a hustle guy. It's not that he, you know, he hasn't really had the opportunity to play. I mean, 20 minutes per game, you do kind of have the opportunity to showcase yourself, but he hasn't been in a good system. He's been with bad Atlanta teams. You know, maybe now being able to be that fifth option when he's out there, he'll have better shot up selection better you know he's driving kick or he'll be the 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 spot up guy ben but again the the big issue is if you're over your career averaging 26 percent from three your most recent season you're hucking up two one and a half to two threes per game and you're only converting on 
one out of five of them. It's, I, I don't know. I don't see this guy being a significant player for the Raptors with those kind of statistics, Ben. Yeah, and it's interesting because he's sort of a guy that is coming into a role. I know you mentioned that small forwards, where we don't have that much depth at small forward, but in terms of the wing position, we have a lot of guys in those areas. Maybe if he plays bigger than a Matt Thomas, but you know we have Norman Powell, Fred Van Vliet, who's played the off guard for a lot of seasons. Paul Watson's a guy both you and I are pretty excited about. Malcolm Miller's been on the deep bench, who can definitely stroke the three for... If he can do anything, he can really knock down those threes. So, you know, he's been talked about, but potentially making the rotation for a while. Patrick McCaw, you know, he Nick Nurse loved adding him to the, the rotation last season. So, you know, and even Terrence Davis, we're not really sure what's going to happen with him going into this upcoming season. I'm sure we'll see at least the Raptors say something about that ongoing situation. But out of all those guys, and from what you've seen at highlights and stuff, do you see the, the Toronto Raptors, you know, any potential role, any potential scenario where he can sort of take an edge over any of those players? I, I mean, I kind of do, Ben. I, I look at Patrick McGaw, McCaw, he's undersized. I look at Matt Thomas. I mean, he. I don't think that they'll be competing for similar roles, but somebody like I, I, any of our deep bench guys at that sort of two, three position, they don't seem to really be able to do it on defense. And I think while you do need to be a three-point shooter, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but when I'm saying that they don't seem to be able to do it on D, but even Patrick McCaw is a terrific defender. He likes to pick up guys in the three-quarter court or in the full court sometimes. He seems like he, he just doesn't have the size to be able to stop people as they're actually driving to the basket. You know, he can, stay, he can be a pest mm-hmm. when they're outside the perimeter, but I think that that's what Bembry brings to the table that maybe is the one-up on, on the rest of the guys on that deep bench or even on that, who would you say, that, eighth man ninth man maybe that would be the role that he's competing for because if i look at the highlight reel of bembry it seems to be all very defensive focused he's getting steals in the lane he's you know picking off passes and then he goes and finishes with big dunks i don't think that mccaw has the athleticism for that um stanley johnson i just think that his iq is questionable so that that's where i see him having the advantage yeah well bembry's a guy you know he's he's energy he's all energy he gets dunks he gets steals he gets all those sorts of things so he he's a player that you know, at the start of last season, we saw Rondé Hollis-Jefferson be completely put to the bench. And then, you know, he, he made the move. He integrated himself into the rotation. Obviously, it wasn't the case in the playoffs where he got run. But I think at points during the regular season, we could see a time for when we need someone to just come off the bench and really just change the game with their energy. So my question is, because I think at the guard positions, you sort of laid it out. He's not going to have that much of an edge over even a Patrick McCaw, Matt Thomas, who brings the, he's essentially the opposite player to Bembry, but you know, the small <laughs> forward position, you know, the small forward position where, you know, we have OG Ananobi, McCaw, all these guys, they're more of two guards. Those sort of small, that super small power forward, the small forward position, do you think he can maybe be the backup there? I guess you know, with our new look roster with Rondé out of the uh, equation, maybe Stanley Johnson's looking to to take those minutes as well. Do you think he could be a potential competitor in that sort of area? Because Stanley, for his struggles throughout for, through the pre-bubble, in the bubble, he actually looked pretty good for this this Raptors team. He's really smooth and stuff. You know, would you do you see some maybe competition between those two guys in the rotation? Between which two guys? Stanley Johnson and Ben. No. No, I don't. I don't think that they're competing players. Maybe, I mean, I guess that they would be the the most similar. But I, I, I think Stanley Johnson, I, d- I just don't. I don't like his IQ. 
I think the issues that we had with him last season, besides the memes, it was based in some sort of underlying reason that he, he just doesn't seem proficient when he's out there against real players, real defenders. Like the, you know, he takes some questionable shots and he makes some questionable shots. And that's the fun part about Stanley Johnson. But, and this is what I'd like to know more about Bembry. And this is the limit of my knowledge is, does he have the ability to attack the paint? Does he have the ability to maybe create a shot? or to create a layup off of a dribble combination, like not just beating somebody off the step because it's swinging around the perimeter. Does he have a guy that's standing in front of him? Can he do a dribble cross and make a move into the key? Cause I don't think that that, I don't think Stanley Johnson can do that. And maybe he's working on that. Maybe there'll be some good inter-team competition, but I, I think right now Stanley Johnson has etched himself at the end of the bench because he just can't do the little things right now, Ben. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sort of messing with the the videos a little bit. I got I got things in the way of your face a little bit. But I'm trying to trying to get all this organized as we talk. But uh, no, I, I see what you're saying about Stanley Johnson, and this is something post bubble because both you and I were pretty high on Stanley Johnson coming into last season. We said it was a massive pickup in the Raptors development staff. He could really be a guy that flourishes with this team. And you know, Nick Nurse well, came he's out. What the highest drafted player on the Raptors? Yeah. I've, <laughs> I think Alex Len might have beat him. I think Alex Len might be that guy now. But we're we got a video what was coming. Len? Len Len was in that uh that Anthony Bennett draft, and he was rumored to actually be the number one pick in that draft. So that was an wow. interesting year. But uh, he he was a top five pick, I think, to the Suns. But I digress. Stanley Johnson's a guy that post bubble, I think things sort of the talent looked a little bit less chaotic, a little bit less just all over the place. He looked a little bit more comfortable. And I think that's it with Stanley Johnson. If he he has the talent, he has the smoothness to really be a true NBA player. Clearly, the size is there. He's the same size as OG, yeah. right? Like if that gets all just pieced together, Nick Nurse has kind of shouted him out in his book, saying, you know, he just needs to take smarter shots, be a higher IQ player, and then he could be a real guy in this league. You know, after I guess the bubble is really tough to integrate yourself into a lineup, especially where you're diving straight into the playoffs, but. You know, after really eight months since you're in a regular season, maybe I think Stanley Johnson could be a guy that steps up. But Bembry, we're keeping this on topic of Bembry. I think that's going to be an interesting thing to look at. But Riker, I look at Bembry's past years, past stats, and interestingly enough, he shot 37% from three on a low volume. Now, it's a, a it was a low sample size, only 26 games, but he shot 37, 36-37% from three during that season. You know, he shot 64% from the free throw line last year. Still not great. But, you know, after the Atlanta Hawks, as we said, they haven't played since March, right? Maybe Masai Ujiri has seen something in, in a development in a shot because he was quick to sign this guy, quick to make this move when, uh, obviously, we lost Serge Ibaka, lost Marc Gasol. So do you think there's any chance maybe within the eight months that three-point shot has developed a little bit? Because he's a slasher, he's a defender, he's an energy guy. If you pair the, that type of player with a guy that can shoot threes, then I can really see him being a rotation piece for this team. I, this is the interesting thing, Ben, is Pascal Siakam in his first two seasons with the Toronto Raptors, he was shooting 14% from three on 15 minutes per game and about 0.1 shots. Very similar to Bembry in, I think, his first or second season in the NBA. Then he's... He plays about 20 minutes per game. He's putting up about 1.6 threes per game. This is Siakam. Exact same as Bembry. He's shooting about 22% from three. Again, exact same as Bembry. Now, what happens? He he gets into the gym. He practices a shot. 
Next season, he comes back. He's shooting twice as many threes. He's shooting almost three threes per game at 37%. So bad shooters can develop into good shooters. And maybe that's the chess game that the Pasca or that Masai Ujiri is playing right now with this guy, Bembry, because for all intents and purposes, what we know about this guy is that he is an athletic defender and that he's, like you said, an energy guy. And that's, you know, that's one of the two things that the Raptors love is energy, yep. energy slash defense and three point shooting. So if Messiah is saying this guy can develop his shot, maybe his mechanics aren't too bad. Maybe it's just something like a little bit of fluidity or something and not just the full technique needs to be altered. I, it's possible. Like I said, we've seen it with Siakam and his ability to develop a shot. Yeah, no, it's definitely it's definitely an interesting thing to look at because, you know, Last season, it's kind of interesting because last season he was a guy that wasn't horrid, horrid from the three-point line, 29% on about, uh, what's that number? About two three-point attempts a game. So Rondé was a guy that you'd rarely ever see shoot the basketball. He was on the court, and it wasn't until it was garbage time or the the very end of the season where we saw Rondé really even take those three-point shots. This guy has taken them. You know, he's not afraid to sort of let them fly. So that might be an indication that, a three-point shot is there somewhere, dug underneath, you know, underneath the rubble. You know, maybe something could be dug out of it. But, you know, we, we've compared him to the, the rest of the guys on the roster and energy players. I think it is valuable to have a guy that switches your tone, switches your energy coming to the team. Like, you look back to that Dallas Mavericks game where we threw in Rondé to sort of run that full-court press and just completely shake things up. I think that's a. This will be a valuable replacement to that. Maybe there is more potential for offensive ability there. I'm I'm surprised we actually didn't sign back Rondé because like he's a bit bigger than than this guy. So I don't know. What are what are your thoughts on that sort of Rondé comparison? Yeah, maybe. But the thing you have to remember too, and you could make a similar similar argument from Rondé who came from the Brooklyn Nets and the Brooklyn Nets weren't much of a team. Now, obviously having Kyrie, having KD, that, that those years of turmoil might be behind them, but this DeAndre Bember, he's coming from four years of Atlanta Hawks and this is bad Atlanta Hawks. This is mm-hmm. bottom of the East Atlanta Hawks. So you do need to give this guy relative benefit of the doubt that when you're coming off the bench, playing with one of probably the worst lineups in the entire league do you really have the opportunity to showcase your talents? You know, and now you put them on a championship caliber team with really fantastic combination of veterans that play in a system under one of the best coaches. And maybe the things that he's good at will flourish and maybe he will develop his three-point shot in the same way that I think we gave Rondé a chance and he was able to deliver things to the team. But ultimately his shot's so broken he's you're never going to be able to play him in the in the playoffs right and this is not me disparaging Rondé because ever it's well documented how much I love Rondé Hollis Jefferson how much I love his hustle and but ultimately if you're if you are never going to develop the three that means you're always going to be unplayable and come playoff time you'll obviously you'll contribute to regular season wins and maybe that's why they got rid of him and maybe that's the promise that of DeAndre Bembry that he might be able to develop it's kind of crazy how even just in the past five years now, if you if you can't shoot the three or you're not, I guess even Joel Embiid can shoot the three. I don't even know a player that's in a team's rotation that just really can't shoot. I guess Ben Simmons, but you know, unless you're a baby LeBron without a jumper, you're really just it's it's kind of crazy how the league changed. Steph Curry's out here, obviously Clay Thompson with that that Achilles injury, but 
Really interesting stuff. I think he's going to be sort of an X-factor kind of guy. He's going to be a, yeah. a, a mysterious player. He could absolutely come out and shock the shock the Toronto Raptors fan base with his just dunking ability, defense, slashing, all those sorts of stuff. You know, doing things outside the jump shot. Maybe the jumper comes together. Maybe it doesn't. But I don't know. Or he could be a guy that just sort of ha- chills at the end of the bench. You know, he's got some funny, fun bench celebrations. So that's always good for us with those gifts. You know, I'm trying to trying to get the gifts in here. I don't, this this current gift that I have on the screen is the one that's always sort of playing at the jump of these. But you know. I, I we also don't have the time. I don't know how long we've been talking for, but uh, <laughs> a wild a wild first ever podcast with this sort of production. Let us know what you guys think of that down below. Uh, you guys are the best to make it this far. Check out the Twitter, the Instagram, the new website, and all that cool stuff. And shout out to everyone Riker mentioned at the beginning of this podcast. You guys, that's so cool. You guys donated. Riker, you have any last words with this uh, this live pod? It's not even live. Record it live a little bit. Thank you for donating. We're real close. Like I said, thirty more dollars to get to that five hundred, and then I get to shave this bad boy, Ben. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs>